Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition with Harley. And this is Har- uh, Hanging with Harley. You can find Harley Shanger over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the Institute.com as well. Harley is one of the most prolific minds with a real touch on the pulse of the geostrategic, geoeconomic situations globally. And with that being said, Harley, how are you, sir? How's it going? Well, it's actually pretty good, V. There's so many potential surprises in the works, some bad, some terrible, and some good. So we've got to wage a real battle now. But yes. I, I think the attempt to make people pessimistic, which is what the media is doing, you know, I find it fascinating that the media is talking about the devolution of Afghanistan. We may have a civil war. We may have the Taliban take over. We may have drug pushing. We may have safe havens. Where the hell have they been for the last 20 years? What do you think That's we've exactly had? what's been happening. Drug pushing yeah. and safe havens is the only thing that exceptional stand provided Afghanistan, Harley. And I think uh, I would love for you to unpack that for us. Uh, I've said it in a prior broadcast that the uh, the Taliban have struck deals with both the Russians and the Chinese going in. Harley, you have a lot more details on this. So let's talk about that. Let's unpack that. Go for it. Well, let's just start with one thing from the, the U.S. view. This was a statement made by Lieutenant General Douglas Lute in 2014. He was the Afghan war administrator, or the Afghan war czar under Bush and Obama. And here's what he said. We were devoid of a fundamental understanding of Afghanistan. We didn't know what we were doing. What are we trying to do here? If the American people knew the magnitude of, of this dysfunction, who would say it was all in vain? Now, when you have the commander of the U.S. forces essentially saying, we don't know what the hell we're doing here, it gives you an indication that there was something going on that was beyond the military's control, in fact, beyond the the White House control. It was part of a deployment to stretch out the United States to uh, cost us a a fortune, uh, both in terms of personnel and and, uh, money and to engage in a fight that's not winnable. Now, what's the point of that? Well, the American people have been completely beaten down by this stuff. You know, when you see your young men and women dying and not knowing why they're dying, killing, not knowing why they're killing, and you don't understand what the bigger forces at play are, then you're adrift in a chaotic world. And it's in those circumstances that you then throw in the drugs. You throw in terrorism to disrupt things. You throw in the security state. You throw in censorship. 
And you end up with a population that, that doesn't know up from down or in from out. Yep. And that's the whole point of British geopolitics when it comes to the United States. The Brits know you can't win a war in Afghanistan. They tried for, for 50, 60 years. And in the end, they concluded that they were in the wrong arena and the wrong battlefield, but they had to get someone else in there. Now, then well, we, they eventually got someone else in there. <laughs> well, you know, it was Brzezinski who in 1977-78 came up with a plan to use the Mujahideen in Afghanistan to bring the Soviets in. And Brzezinski bragged in, in an interview with uh, Le Nouvel Observateur in 1998 that his plan worked. And they said, well, what do you mean it worked? You unleashed Islamic terrorism on the world. And he said, I was going to happen anyway. We brought down the Soviet Union. That was what was worth it. <laughs> so you see the way these geopoliticians think. that They don't care about human lives you know, what, what are the Taliban? The Taliban have their elements of them that are completely nuts, that are the same kind of fundamentalists who tear down art and blow up churches and behead so-called non-believers. But there are also some people in there who are probably thinking, well, this is our chance to show we can run a country. Yeah. And I think it's mature of the Russians and the Chinese to say, look, We'll help you develop your country if you're willing to forego terrorism. Don't allow ISIS and Al-Qaeda to set up in there. Uh, do something about the, the heroin trafficking, which, by the way, the, the main heroin area in Afghanistan, Helmand province, was basically the British zone, not surprisingly. Yep. So, Well, I mean, they have uh, quite a, uh, an extensive experience in the opium trade, Harley. Well, especially in that part of the world. <laughs> Guarded also by U.S. Marines. Yeah. So my point is not to try and uh, paint the, the Taliban as a good, honest partner, but to say we don't know what the possibility is because we've been in there with a wrong policy under the direction of a, an enemy that is the British. The, it was the British who came up with this idea, ultimately, of geopolitics, it was Brzezinski who got the idea from Bernard Lewis, a British historian, yep. for what was called the Ark of Crisis, how you could use the Islamic countries on the southern edge, the southern arc of the Soviet Union to destabilize the Soviet Union. So this was the, the cynical manipulation of the British ge geopoliticians of uh, an Islamic movement. And if you really go back far enough and look at Islam, you find that the Wahhabites, which is the extreme form of Saudi Islam, yep. was largely shaped at Oxford University. Correct. So, and also the 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 what is it the Muslim Brotherhood is exactly. a creation of of uh, British uh, intel, and yeah. eventually was handed over to uh, the CIA. And who armed and trained the Mujahideen in the 80s? It was the CIA, the so-called Charlie Wilson's War. Yeah, Charlie Wilson. Really a it's a cover story for what the CIA was doing. Yep. But we see the same thing over and over again in Syria, in Libya. So I think the Russian view is that they're going to get in there and see what they can do to stabilize the place, not to run it, <coughs> excuse me, but to give the Taliban some help that give the Afghan government some help, and the Chinese are going to come in with the Belt and Road Initiative, which the Taliban is interested in. Yep. Now, 
I, I had a chance. Why would they be interested in the Belt and Road Initiative when Biden and 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 uh, and uh, uh, Boris Johnson and Trudeau and Macron? We have the Build Back Better option, Harley. Well, because they're not insane. They're not as insane as the Europeans. <laughs> I, I didn't think about ironic. that. The, the Talibs have more sense than the than the West. Well, you set it up nicely. I mean, that's the actual point. The Taliban are trying to figure out, are they going to be able to run a country or not? The British and the others you mentioned, the Biden crowd, they're not trying to help a country function. They're thinking about how they can weaken China and Russia. What was the ostensible reason for pulling out of Afghanistan? We need the troops and the money for the Indo-Pacific region. Now, that's even more insane. We don't know what we're dealing with with China, but it's not going to be a pushover. Uh, and it doesn't have to go to war. So we're dealing with a theory of geopolitics, which is anti-human. It's a theory that was designed by the British ruling class to figure out how to control large parts of the earth through divide and conquer strategy. Now, the same people who came up with that strategy are the ones who have come up with identity politics in the United States, and it's working just as well to dismantle and disorient Americans and, and put them in a situation where they can be provoked into civil war, just as we saw the provocations around January 6th. Yeah. Harley, we've had the uh, recent developments in Haiti that's still ongoing. Uh, there's a Colombian link to it. There's a Haitian-American link to it, all of which spells to a CIA link to it. And we have the recent uh, protests that are occurring in uh, Cuba out of nowhere. It seems like the School of Americas has been reactivated. Well, I, I think maybe it's a spillover from the United States. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised to find Black Lives Matter involved in this in some way. This is at, at least in awesome. Cuba. <laughs> but you know, the, the the deeper point here, which which you're getting at, is that the world is in disarray because the financial system is crashing, and the ability of families to survive. Is, has been threatened increasingly, not just in the third world, but in France, in Germany, in the United States. You know, we see the breakdown of families. We see the uh, inaccessibility of a college education for whole sections of the population. We see a whole section of the population that bought the American dream, bought a house, sent their kids to college, and now don't have enough money to afford food or medicine. So with this oncoming inflation, we're gonna get hit by another whammy. And I think this is designed to take the chaos that's been induced within the American population from the last two decades really of war, of spying, of uh, uh, decline of living standards, the decline of life expectancy. It's all coming to a head. And then you have superimposed on top of that the belief that somehow fairy dust will be spread and Donald Trump will be coming back in and he'll put everything right. He is. He's coming back in August, Harley. Did you not get the memo? Well, I did get the memo, but at first it said he was coming back on March 4th. That was a minor technicality. It, it, then the correction was April 1st, but then the transcriber of that memo realized it's not April, it's actually August. 
you know, and the, the reason to make fun of this is because people are being manipulated. Yep. There, there's work that has to be done now. And, and what, what I've been trying to do with the, what we're doing with the Schiller Institute conferences, with the uh, daily updates, is to give people two things. One, a strategic intelligence picture, which you cannot get from the American media. And secondly, who are the players? What are their vulnerabilities? And how are they using our vulnerabilities against us? Because if, if the American people could figure that out, I think most Americans are willing to fight for the country, fight for the future, but they're not sure who they're fighting. And they're being, you know, someone's out there pointing at someone one day and someone else the next day, and people are confused and, and they get demoralized. So by giving people a, a sense of the broader picture, and, and here's what I think the broader picture is. We had a revolution that was an astounding event in world history, where the American Revolution overturned the existing world order. Yeah. The British couldn't accept that for almost 100 years. They kept trying to overturn it with the War of 1812, with the Civil War. When they couldn't overturn it, they went in and started recruiting more and more Americans to function as operatives of the British. And that's what the Council on Foreign Relations is. That's what the Atlantic Council is. Uh, that's what the most uh, American universities are. They're inside the military, inside the intelligence community. And instead of communicating what America really is and stands for, they're saying that we, the civilized English-speaking people, have to control the world as a unilateral force. And to make it stick, they give lots of money to retired generals who are more than willing to go on and, and spread the word that we're fighting an evil empire. The evil empire is the one that's controlling us. Yep. And that's something that I think people are starting to figure out. Uh, we've got to make sure, V, that, that people get the real picture. Yeah, agreed wholeheartedly. Harley, what else is on your radar? <clears throat> well, there's a, a date coming up pretty soon. It's a, a month away, but August 15th, 50 years ago, Richard Nixon took the dollar off gold and uh, ended the fixed exchange rate system and put us into a floating exchange rate, which was basically the greatest gift ever given to swindlers like George Soros, the Morgan family, uh, the Bank of England, and so on. And they've used it to conduct financial warfare against especially the developing sector, but increasingly against people in Western Europe and the United States. So we're going to have a conference, uh, actually on August 14th, to lay out something that most people don't know. Before August 15th, 1971, Lyndon LaRouche warned that this was going to happen. And when it did happen, he told people that we're going to see an increasing uh, cannibalization of the physical economy and a move toward Shaktian economics. Now, Schacht was Hitler's finance minister. Shaktian economics basically means the hardest core austerity, even to the point of starving to death your workers. And if you look at what's coming up from the Davos crowd, the Klaus Schwab and others, that's what they're doing. They're moving toward a brave new world, a brave new world order, you might say, in which only the most wealthy benefit 
and everybody else is in a scramble for survival of the fittest. So we're going to have a, a conference on the 14th of August we'll, where we'll bring in other economists who recognize what LaRouche was trying to do back then to have a discussion of what that date meant in terms of the, the transformation of world history and especially the change of the United States from a productive physical economy, which was reinvigorated in the first years of the Kennedy administration, which was then turned on its head as we went to a consumer speculative society uh, and shut down or started gradually carving out the, the physical economy, shipping it offshore and uh, losing the skilled workforce that's needed for a modern economy. So it's very relevant for fighting the Green New Deal and the Great Reset to understand the history of this thing. It's another arc, a 50-year arc within this period of almost 250 years of the American Republic. So again, I think the work we're trying to do is to give people much more confidence that when they talk about the United States as a noble vision, they're not just talking out of their rear end, but they actually understand what went into it, what created it, what the ideas were. And it's not enough just to say we're number one. You have to actually do something to make yourself a force for good in the world. Very well, <clears throat> Very well said, Harley. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> there's a... You said it best earlier. The American public needs to know who to fight, and then we can galvanize ourselves around that fight and prevent what these idiots have planned for us. I mean, the entire austerity that they've been running, I mean, for the love of God, I mean, they've been running color revolutions all over the world, and now the color revolutions are here in the United States. Yeah. The next thing is austerity, because... What else can they do? Austerity will only benefit the bankers because this, if in a wealth extraction scheme where you do not have a physical economy in place, the only thing that you have to do before the entire ship goes belly up is austerity <clears throat> because the bankers benefit the most. It's terrible, Harley. Well, it, it's austerity on the vast majority of the population, yeah. but a, a uh, flood of liquidity to the people who are on the inside so they can buy up whatever physical resources are still there, which include such things as housing, yep. which include physical <clears throat> factories, which include land, which include raw materials. That's their strategy. They don't really give a, a damn about dollars. Right. You know, they're willing to blow the dollar up. That's what they're doing right now. But their, their real goal is to grab whatever is tangible, real wealth, but not to invest in physical economy, just to hoard it and deny right. it to anyone else so it can't be put to good use. And this goes against, this is why my other point to make to my fellow Americans is don't fall for all this nonsense about it's Russia, 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 China, 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 Venezuela is going to take us over, Iran's going to take us over. We're being, we've been taken over by the British right. Empire. And the British Empire still exists, not as the Royal Navy, because we saw what happened when, when they're in the, the Black Sea, they run away with their tail between their legs, and then they deny that they were shot at. The, the British Empire is the city of London. It's the shadow banking system. 
Yes. It's offshore tax havens. Uh, the ones who basically just got an exemption on the 15% global corporate tax. How did they get an exemption for that? How did with Brexit, Brexit, the city of London, keep the right to run the derivative trade for the European Union countries? Mm. That's the British Empire. And the other part of the British Empire is the media. When you read lies in the American press, they were in the British press the day or the week or the month before. And we've been charting this. I'm working with a guy named Mike Robertson who runs something called the UK Column. And he's been going through what is Bellingcat, what, is the, the, what are the various agencies used by MI6 to put out these false narratives that then get grabbed up by these lickspittle American reporters who are trying to get a Pulitzer by lying through their teeth. So that's what the fight is. It's, it's always been a fight for truth. We once had leaders who believed that the truth was important enough to fight and die for. Now we have leaders who get well paid for lying uh, anytime they open their mouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Harley, uh, last comments that you'd want to say before we uh, close the program. Well, if, if people want to argue with me or they want to agree and, and, and find out what you can do, you can always write to me at harleysch at gmail.com. You know, we're on a recruitment drive. We're recruiting people back to the American Republic and the American system. And this is what Lyndon LaRouche devoted uh, the, the last 60 years of his life to. Uh, he developed a global reputation as the real American system. And that's what the LaRouche organization continues to do to, to build on his legacy. So join us, become part of our movement. And, you know, I, I think it's crucial. I have to thank uh, you guys at Rogue News. You ran sections of our last conference. I, I hope those of you who uh, downloaded it were, were happy with it. You know, we're bringing people together around the world, top officials who you may not know about because they're not covered in the American media. But we're trying to do what a real State Department should do. So join us, become part of us. Uh, look us up at SchillerInstitute.com or look for my daily updates at the LaRoucheOrganization.com. Very good points. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the program. And again, go check out Harley over at LaRoucheOrganization.com as well as the SchillerInstitute.com. Make sure you go there. You make sure you register with your email so you are up to date on the latest happenings from those organizations, their newsletters, and all the other wonderful programs and services that they offer. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. 